We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To the uncontested podcast talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, Lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. This is a house <laughs> of learning doctors. Follow the uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to the uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the uncontested podcast. Coming to you live from YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, Sunday, September 19th. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffen. I've got the man behind the machine joining me tonight, J.D. Silva. What's up? Thanks for having me. Taylor Peterson may join us at some point. His Chiefs are playing, so we'll see if he sneaks in here or not. Uh, TBD. TBD for the future dad, Taylor Peterson. Yeah, huge congratulations to Taylor. He's having a baby boy, I think in March. Uh, So... Right after the trade deadline, the Peterson household will be making another addition. So shout out to Taylor. Uh, If you are joining us live on the stream tonight, thanks so much for joining. Hit those comments. Drop your thoughts, uh, your hot takes. We'll get to some of them as we move throughout the show. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, thank you for downloading our show. If you enjoy what you hear, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Drop a five-star rating. Write a little blurb, a little nice thing about about what you like about the show. It helps us become more visible to other listeners. As Silva, we are closing in on NBA training camp. It is it is quickly approaching, and because of that, it seems as though some of the Thunder players are back in OKC, getting some unofficial practice in together, and a lot of them seen this weekend 
at the OU versus Nebraska football game down in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, have you seen some of these players' Instagrams and and Twitters and whatnot from them being at that game? I did. Um, it's always a good thing to see whenever your players go to like your your city's college football games. I always remember seeing Russ there when he was here. Um, it was kind of a wake up call seeing like uh, the the players there now because it's it's really like oh. Russ is not, we're not going to see Russ there anymore. We're seeing yeah. all these, all these new guys. So uh, there's an adjustment too. Definitely. But yeah, it's good to see that they're together. They're bonding. Um, you know, that, that isn't scheduled by the team. Like it's the players that schedule that and put that together and get everything put together. And so it's nice to know that there's leadership on this team that's organizing uh, team functions outside of, contract hours for lack of a better yeah, term, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And Isaiah Roby, Nebraska grad, he graduated this summer. So of course he was at the game, mm-hmm. uh, but we saw, uh, was it, there's a picture, not on Shay's Insta, but somebody else's Insta of Shay. Yeah. It was like a fan. I think asked if yeah. he could get a picture. Yeah. Ty Jerome was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a picture of Baisley from the game. Uh, so it looks like a lot of them got together. Maybe some of them like didn't take pictures. Yeah. I think Baisley so, needed those brownie points. Yeah, so good for him. Although he basically also said "Go Big Red," he wanted to see Nebraska win. So yikes! uh, Yikes! Couple of bad season with uh, firing off some anti OU takes. Mm. Is going to get (laughs) basically in the in the. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Doghouse for Thunder yeah. fans, for sure. Uh, another interesting thing, Silva, speaking of the team getting together, uh, Josh Giddy went live on TikTok today. I, I didn't even know you could go live on TikTok. So oh, yeah. I, learned, I learned something today. Oh, yeah. Josh Giddy went live on TikTok today uh, to, I guess, just do some like Q&A stuff. Uh, I saw a lot of this tweeted out by a friend of the pod, Ryland Styles. He runs the Locked On Thunder podcast. Um, and he was mentioning that the team is getting together and practicing already said that basically he wakes, wakes up, eats, lifts, 
plays pickup. They play all day. Some of them go back in the evening and play more pickup. But the team is together and playing. Uh, a quote from Giddy said he, quote, loves Kenrich Williams, and he is super excited to play with him, which is, out of all the guys he could be excited for, Kenrich is an interesting one. Yeah, I love that. That's so, that's so specific. And also, has there ever been a like a clearer window to see inside the Thunder than what Josh Giddy has been giving us? Like, have we ever had a, that level of transparency? The Thunder hate that. Yeah, I wonder how much Thunder PR is going to be like, Josh, kill the TikTok. Like, Josh, I'm deleting your TikTok. Yeah. It's funny. So, uh, yeah, apparently Josh has loved playing with Kenrich Williams and then also said, quote, I would not want to play in the NBA if it if I wasn't in Oklahoma City. Sort of sort of an odd quote because what if he could have very easily been drafted by by someone else? But you know, I'll take it. I'll yeah, take it. I mean, I think that's one of those things you just say, right? Yeah, you but just say it. we also know there are some ties for Josh and OKC. Mm-hmm. Um, his sister playing up the road is a little uh, a little much. It's it's really far up the road, but his sister's playing college ball up at Oral Roberts. Yep. Um, you know his he is a self-proclaimed fan of the thunder in the past. So some ties there for Josh Giddy, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that he is here, but we have talked about, and I, it wasn't an episode you were on. I don't believe Silva, but we talked on this show before about the thunder targeting international players. And historically, I feel like when you look at international players playing in the NBA, there is, the word loyalty is tossed around a lot. I'm not sure how much like true loyalty applies here, but yeah. sticking with one franchise, writing it out. I, I think you see that more with international players versus stateside players. Yeah. You know, you, you think of players like uh, like Dirk Nowinski, right? Um, Mark Gasol to Mark, a certain extent. Yes, today you think of uh, like a Nikola Jokic, right? Yeah. Or Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. Manu Ginobili. Manu Ginobili, guys that haven't been in the in the league super long. I guess Tim Duncan is technically foreign born. Sort of, yeah. Tony Parker, yeah. French. Um, so, so I, I think it's interesting that one of the smallest markets in the NBA, who has maybe the the most iconic player leaving the franchise, right? Like not iconic as like the the Thunder's most iconic player. That's true, mm-hmm. but also the the most iconic example league wide. Yeah. Of a player bailing on a small market to go to a big market, jumping on the the winning bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in Kevin Durant, I think it's interesting that they are kind of prioritizing international talent to an extent. Uh, last season, Alexei Pokashevsky. This season, with Josh Giddy, um, and then Canadian guys like Dort and Shea. Just kind of interesting. I wonder if the Thunder kind of see that trend and see the cultural difference there in like staying with the team that drafted you and if that's part of their plan. If if it is, I think that's kind of strange because that is something you definitely cannot control. Yeah. Right. It's different from saying like, ooh, we see that guys that play over in Europe are typically higher IQ players and more cerebral. That's a fair assumption to make. Mm-hmm. But banking on drafting a guy because you think he will stay because he's foreign born. That's odd. It's a little more of a stretch, but do you think there's maybe something there with that? I do. I, I do think they want to pick guys that fit with the Thunder culture, or at least what they what they think is the Thunder culture now, which are 
guys like even even guys like Shay who dress really nice and um, drive really flashy cars and stuff like that. Even Shay in that GQ piece that that we talked about last pod mentioned how he is a basketball hermit. Like when it's the season, he is basketball, basketball, basketball. Like they want that to be the priority for these players for the most part. Because yeah, OKC doesn't have the attractions that some like coastal cities have or big cities have. Uh, but we do offer a really, by all accounts, a really great basketball environment. So yeah, a great place couple, to further couple, your profession. Yeah. Couple that with, yes, international guys don't have their roots in the U.S. They don't, they've not had their eyes on like famous American athletes for their entire life, at least not the way we do that, that mm-hmm. like we grew up. Um, so I think that's, that's part of it also. Yeah. They, they also, and yeah, I think you you're definitely good, onto something. You mentioned a good point there that foreign born players don't have like like a Kawhi Leonard. I want to go back home and play for my hometown LA team, yeah. right? Because for, for foreign born players in America, the team that drafted them is their their home team, right? Like if, yeah. if I were to get drafted to play basketball over in Europe, I and you know Barcelona drafted me, I would have never lived in any place in Europe except Barcelona, right? And so. Yeah that kind of becomes their de facto uh, home city, which which is interesting. Uh, joining the pod now, finally, he gets on. We've got Taylor Peterson. I'm not okay right now. What, what happened? Uh, What's the, the score now? The, uh, it, not great. Let's oh, just talk some man. basketball. Okay. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Apparently Taylor's Chiefs are, are struggling a bit. Um, um, we're still up, but I'm not sure for how long. A little stress. Ah, ah. Well, Taylor, <laughs> uh, I don't want you to hear this post pod whenever you listen back. Uh, but the podcast did give you a shout out uh, as future dad Taylor Peterson. So now we're talking. Congratulations! A, thank Congrats, you, man. I very much appreciate that. Going to have a little man to uh, cheer on the the Thunder with, and the Chiefs with, and um, the Hurricanes and the Sooners. Um, I can't wait for your son to be like a lacrosse. baby Poku slash swimmer <laughs> no, who doesn't give a shit I, about basketball. Look, I respect baseball a lot. Respect baseball <laughs> fans a lot. But hey, there's one person on this pod that so does. Much. You know what? Yeah. Like, baseball was my best sport growing up when I was young. I guess that's mm-hmm. what I was – maybe the only sport I was talented at was baseball, and I just gave it up at like third, third, fourth grade. No, third grade, I wanted to give it up. Fourth grade, coaches begged me to come back. I played. Wanted me to like – you know, I tried out for kid kid pitch, made the team or whatever. I was like, eh, I don't like this game. I'm gonna play basketball where I'm short and yep. scrawny and have no chance. And uh, you know, here we are. <laughs> baseball. Hey, you, you can still go lock it up at pickup games. That's some local pickup games, Taylor. Hey, that's it. right. Us the big three right here on the podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. We tore yep. it up at that more gym. Oh yeah. I did get concussed <laughs> during that game, but uh You did. Yeah. <laughs> I dropped some dimes during that game. I too. completely <laughs> missed that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Silva took like... a... Hey, speaking of taking elbows to the head, last thing on this Josh Giddy TikTok live, <laughs> mentioned he took an elbow from Alexei Pokashevsky. Hey, uh, prayers for Poku's elbow. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, I hope it didn't mess up Josh's uh, Josh's pretty face. Oh so. man. Hey, if if Poku's out there throwing elbows and pickup, good sign in my mind. My mind. man, good sign. Yeah, good for him. I'm, I I'm, yearn for the day that Giddy has like. Facial hair. I hope he makes a Stephen Adams esque uh, aesthetic transformation at some point. I feel like I'm looking at uh, the lead singer of Panic at the Disco all the time. So. 
I'm ready to move on from that. I love it. Uh, I miss his uh, Instagram live. He uh, so for those of you who don't know, we are uh, the uncontested is on TikTok, um, and therefore the uncontested as followers Josh Giddy got invited to his live stream because all followers of Josh Giddy got invited to his his live stream. I didn't watch it. Um, I was busy. I think watching. Well, we were at the store, and I came back, watched Cowboys barely beat the uh chargers anyways um yeah there was some interesting tidbits there i think um, i'm trying to remember who it was um why am i going blank uh ryan styles yeah uh, he, we, he we've kind of out. jumped in jumped yeah. in on this a little bit some um, interesting nuggets there yeah yeah good stuff <laughs> a nice a nice little peek behind the curtain true uh, for thunder fans i think okay gentlemen we are going to continue tonight our season preview see Season beginning preview series. Uh, we are in the Central Division this week. So after this week, we will wrap up the Eastern Conference. Uh, next week, we will start the Western Conference. We will do 14 of the 15 Western Conference teams, and then obviously have a podcast solely dedicated to the Thunder preseason preview. And then we will also do our Thunder season bets uh, down the line as well. The best. Whenever I'm people excited. listen, Solo gets to be in on this. Yes. Whenever <laughs> I'm excited. We, I'm excited. Whenever people listen to this show on September 20th, we will officially be one month away from the start of the NBA season. So uh, it is coming up rather quickly, and I, for one, could not be more excited. So, you guys ready to just jump right on into it? Let's do it. Ready. Awesome. I will give you guys some background on what the teams did last year. Taylor will let you know kind of what transactions they made, who they picked up, who they lost, who they drafted. Uh, I will tell you guys the over-under, um, and we will kind of break down these teams. So our first team tonight in the Central Division is a team that went through. I, Taylor's going to have a lot to read because did a lot of off-season maneuvering. The Chicago Bulls, they ended last season 31-41, and 41, 11th in the Eastern Conference, did not make the play-in tournament. Um, they, they struggled under Billy Donovan again, uh, but decided to make some win now moves at the trade deadline. Uh, they, they did not get their own lottery pick this year as it went to the Orlando magic, uh, in a Nikola Vucevic trade, even though they did not make the playoffs and, and struggled a bit last season. I think their outlook for next season is very high surrounded by a guy that I'm interested in what you guys think about this. A guy that I think has kind of become underrated around the NBA and Zach Levine, um, his performance last season, his performance in the Olympics. This guy came into the NBA, super raw, crazy athlete that has added a ton of skill to his game uh, has become a lethal ISO scorer. Uh, and Taylor, tell us a little bit about what they've added around Zach, this oh, and, well, Zach and, and Nikola Vucevic. And I think a, a big part of their team going into next year, Patrick Williams, uh, who is going to be entering his second year in the league. But who are they adding around those guys? Uh, what moves did they make this summer? That's a good point. Um, I, I neither uh, Nick nor Justin are on the podcast right now, but I know they got to witness <laughs> some of the Patrick Williams um, mm-hmm. um what he was able to do during summer league in Vegas and just the paw. Uh, 
pretty impressive. Pretty yeah. impressive. Now, the way I, I'm reading this off Spotrack right now, and the way they have this laid out is a little different than what we've done the previous week. So uh, bear with me here. But the biggest thing, right, and, and that's the first thing that comes up on this list, August 8th, 2021, the Lonzo Ball uh, sign and trade that occurred. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, a little bit of... Um, I don't know what the proper term is here. I, I think there's some skepticism from other teams. Like obviously, uh, the cheating Bulls probably, is what yeah, the word right, you're yeah. looking for. Cheating, <laughs> the, yeah, right, right, yeah. Um, the thing that every NBA team does in free agency, exactly, correct, exactly. And the teams that don't end up with Lonzo Ball are the ones who call that team out on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 100%. Lonzo ends up signing a four-year, eighty million dollar contract with the Pelicans. Uh, or sorry, yeah, yeah, with yes, with, with, the, with Pelicans, the Pelicans for as a part of trade. the signing trade. <laughs> To get to like, that's not right. Uh, Which is Thomas- actually like it, that feels like a really good number for Lonzo four for, four for eighty. Yes, uh, and it, it feels like good. almost under undervalued a little. Which bit. Which I think there there has been some criticism league wide about why the Pelicans didn't just sign Lonzo to that contract. Mm-hmm. And I think the answer there is that Lonzo didn't want to be there. Um, typical. Yeah. We'll get um, to the to the Pelicans. In the next oh, yeah, couple true. of weeks, and there, there, I got a lot of questions. But good point. Good point. Too. Typical Rich Paul client, though, right? Um, so part of that trade, Thomas Saturansky uh, trade to the Pelicans from Chicago with Garrett Temple, a 2024 second round pick, and cash for Alonzo Ball in that signing trade. Now, maybe the biggest surprise in free agency for the Bulls was Alex Caruso. Um, obviously a Lakers fan favorite signed with the bulls for on a four year, $37 million contract. Another really bulls. good number. And then uh former thunder player, not very long, but he played with the thunder for a part of the season. Tony Bradley signed a two year, $3.83 million contract with the bulls. Um, this one I really liked, I think was a little bit underrated. Uh, Thaddeus young or sorry, I liked for the uh, Spurs, not so much the bulls, but the bulls trade a very valuable piece in Thaddeus young to the Spurs. Uh, with a 2025 first round pick, a 2022 second round pick, and Alfred Camino, Minute, and a gosh, I didn't even realize there's a 2025 second round pick for DeMar DeRozan. Um, obviously, the huge acquisition there for the Bulls. They have Lonzo and DeMar. Um, Javante Green, they signed to a two year deal. They, let's see, Devin Dotson, they signed to a two-way contract. Uh, Derek, Derek Jones Jr., this is a little more recent here at the end, end of August, but um, Derek Jones Jr. was traded to Chicago to uh, from Portland as part of the three-team trade. Chicago traded uh, Markinen to Cleveland, which was a little bit of a head-scratcher, I think, around the league. Yeah, we'll get Cleveland to that trade yeah. next, actually. Hey, there we go. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. to Portland, which, like, like you guys said, we'll, we'll talk about that. And then Portland traded a 2022nd first-round pick and a 2023 second-round pick to Chicago as well. And then from there, just some smaller signings. Matt Thomas, who is a shooting guard, um, basically a summer league contract. Stanley Johnson, that's a familiar name, but also just a summer league contract. And then, yeah, just <laughs> going through the rest of this list, rest of this list a bunch of summer league. Uh, Definitely. As well. So really, the, the big a lot, of, additions, a lot of turnover. Derek Jones Jr., Demar Derozan, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso. Um, yeah. So, so Silva, what do you foresee the starting lineup for Chicago looking like on opening night? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, Lonzo, Levine, Derozan, Patrick uh, Williams, and 
uh, Vucevic. Nick, Nick Vucevic, yes. which means you have guys like Kobe White yep. and Alex Caruso uh, coming bench, off the yeah. bench. Um, it's an interesting team. Yeah, I, I, I would foresee that being the starting lineup as well. Uh, there is some defensive deficiencies on that lineup. Certainly. But, but Lonzo and Caruso are two great perimeter defenders that I think are a really good addition to that team. Just an interesting, interesting team all around. You know, that that's they really pushed a lot of the chips to the middle. Uh, I think that marketing trade was something they had to do to recoup some future draft capital with how much they've traded out with the Vooch deal. Uh, with the DeRozan deal and with the the Lonzo deal, they needed to recoup recoup some assets in that as well. I just don't know how much of what they did will move the needle. I think they will be very good offensively. Like I think yes. we're talking like a top. Mm-hmm. Is it crazy to say they're going to be like a top six offense in the league? I was going to say eight, but I, I don't think it's insane. If it clicks. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. I worry about a team that lacks a ton of perimeter shooting in the modern yeah. NBA. They have a lot of scorers, but I don't know how many like and a lot actual of three points. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously well, we, we know Zach, Zach and... can light it up. Uh, Lonzo True. can light it up. Um, can he though? He improved. Yeah, That's I mean, where, what like, did he shoot? He, last year he shot like 40%, didn't percent. he? On limited attempts. Yeah. And so that's like, that's yeah. where I worry. It's like you have DeMar, the volume. who isn't known as a great three point shooter. Um, like you guys said, like you have Levine. Um, that's kind of, you just don't have a ton of shooters. But here's the thing that doesn't really matter if you're just like running and gunning and outright yeah. teams. Lonzo, um, Lonzo, was 30, Lonzo was 38% last year. Yep. Uh, shot mm-hmm. eight threes a game. Okay. Okay. So he, he did get a lot up. Let me get to his. Shooting. They're gonna need that for sure. He's gonna need to go up to like ten, probably. But here's uh, the thing: I think, I, I think well, Vooch... Vooch... yeah, right. You have yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Vooch helps space the floor. Last True. season, twenty uh, percent of Lonzo's threes came from the corner. Uh, he shot forty percent on corner threes. I think he'll have a lot of opportunities on that. But but I agree. I think they're gonna be a team that gets out and runs. Yeah, a lot. I think they're going to have which a, can a do. great pace in the league. Right. Absolutely. I'm what does that. Vooch do when they're doing that? Because he's not necessarily known for being a pace guy. He he's trails. Be the the trail keeps... catch and yes. shoot three at the top of the key. Okay. Yes. yes okay. Yes. Yes. I can. I can be <laughs> talked into this team. I'm a little skeptical about how the, all the Me pieces too. kind of fit together. Like if, if I was making a 2K team, this would be a lot. This would be dope. Like yeah. I'd be having a lot of fun playing 2K with this team. I just don't know that they're just like a little undersized in some positions. Like I DeRozan, like who's going to guard the best wing on the other team. Mm-hmm. Right. De, McCaw, I mean, uh, Patrick Williams, I keep wanting to call him Patrick McCaw. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, um, Patrick Williams is going to, but I think he is kind of the key that unlocks all of this really yeah. important. Yeah. And it's his like, second yep. season, uh-huh. yeah. but he's yeah. got great size, great athleticism, really good defensive player. Uh, kind of a garbage man offensively. But I I think with the types of players they have offensively, I think he just fits theoretically. Mm -hmm. Uh, If if he can be the guy that they think he can be, I mean, I think you've got a really, really good player there that that kind of ties all of this together. Um, Yep. It's also interesting. Florida State just has a type. 
they yeah, do it. They, Barnes, absolutely. Jonathan Isaac, absolutely now now Patrick do. Williams. You know, mm-hmm. they, just, they have this type that it's I don't know. It's kind of cool. That's um, a good point. Makes now, you feel- like seeing what he was able to do during the summer league, um, I think just reinforces what they thought about Patrick Williams. Not to mm-hmm. again, sorry, spend too much time um, on the Bulls, but I, I I think that's a great point that you brought up, Jacob. Like that. Patrick Williams does unlock a lot just with his versatility, but I think he also possesses more than just like being limited to that kind of Draymond role. Um, if he can hit outside shots, I mean, that kind of answers the the problem that I brought up that Silva and I were talking about. Yeah. Um, if he can create for others, like that, that helps with that as well. And mm-hmm. if he can guard your best player, I mean, you have a pretty solid team. So um, I like some lineups with Patrick Williams at the five too. Oh yeah. Just play, you know, like, really ball you know, take take Vooch out and throw Caruso in there. You know, sure, that's what I was gonna go, say. Go smaller, yeah. Yeah, shoot, we aren't even talking about Caruso. Oh. Yeah. Um. So the Bulls over under for next season. Uh, this kind of surprised me. Forty two and a half. So if they go over, they will be at least forty three and thirty nine, which isn't a huge gap. It's not massively over five hundred. Uh, but Silva, you taking the over or the under? With what this was their record? What this? was their record last year? Last year they were thirty-one and forty-one. I, th- I think I'm going to take the over. I think I'll take the over. It, if if they are under, I I just I worry about what I worry about the roster. Like there are some some real problems if they're not because this they took swings, big swings here, so mm-hmm. they need to pay off. Yeah, they they kind of unloaded the clip. They what what they had in the gun, they fired all the bullets this summer. I feel like, yep. the, like yeah. this is the team they have now. I yes. don't mean to be a yes man, but I'm I'm with Silva exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that's I'm taking, the, I'm taking the over as well. I'm definitely taking the over as well. I know the East I like, is improved. Yeah. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, like, once we do get to our um, you know, we'll do our thunder predictions and do just our league wide like rankings that we have. I like them in like the five or six range, I think, in the east, which may be a little yeah. higher than many have. I'm yeah, very I, curious I like where them. Boston and them and and yeah. actually. Ooh, I like them one. in the play-in in the East. Okay. I don't know okay. where they end up in the play-in, but I like them in the play-in in the East. Ooh, that's a lot of wins though. Like play-in, and they're only getting forty-two. Not play-in. So play-in is seven through. Okay. Ten. 10 right. Seven 10, through yeah. ten. Fair. I feel pretty confident that Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Good point. Uh, Miami, um, Sixers, Miami, the Sixers, and trade. Boston. I felt pretty confident they're going to be above them. I think they're going to be around the same as like Indiana. Um, yeah. I didn't even mention Atlanta there. So oh, it's going to be hard for them to get the up East, there. The East is good. The East, okay, pretty the, good. The, East, the league is good. It's not super mm-hmm. top heavy in the East, but there's a lot of depth there. Yep. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of depth there. True. Um, well, let's speak of some of the not depth in the East. The Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> oh, boy. The Cleveland Cavaliers last season, 22 and 50, 13th in the in the Eastern Conference, uh, obviously end up having some ping pong balls fall their way on draft night to land the number three overall pick in the NBA draft uh, where they selected Evan Mobley. A really good pick for them, kind of exactly what their team needed. Lots of talk last season and, and into the offseason about trading Oh goodness! Why am I going blank? Um, Colin Sexton, Colin training, Sexton, yeah. training Colin oh, Sexton, yep. uh, which has never come come to to pass. It looks like mm-hmm. Colin Sexton is going to be on this team uh, going into next year. So Taylor, tell us a little bit about 
besides Evan Mobley, who else Cleveland added and what they did? They they obviously signed uh, their big man to Jared a Allen. Jared Allen to a massive massive contract. Yeah. Um, there's still the Colin Sexton extension out there uh, that nothing has happened with yet. We obviously know uh, Kevin Love wants to be traded or bought out for the entirety of his deal. Um, but what other moves did they make? That's it. I mean, that's kind of like the big stuff, right? Like, obviously, they draft Evan Mobley, um, a multi-positional, uh, versatile big who, like, could see minutes anywhere from the three to five this season, um, which is crazy to say, but I think is it's honestly likely, like you said, uh, Jacob, because they, they signed Jared Allen to a pretty large um, multi-year contract. Um, extending him with the franchise um, after obtaining him and that ridiculous James Harden trade. <laughs> um, but the other big trade is one that I kind of alluded to earlier. Larry Nance Jr. was traded to the Portland Trailblazers in exchange for Derek Jones Jr. Um, to the Bulls and a condition. Uh, I, I mentioned the, some of the picks, um, but the the biggest, maybe most head scratching. Um, Part of that trade was Larry Markkinen being acquired by the Cavaliers in exchange for Larry Nance and that conditional 2023 second round pick um, that was Denver owned. So obviously, uh, I think Markkinen is probably the, the biggest acquisition there. Um, I mentioned Damian Dotson um, no longer with the Cavaliers. Let's see, kind of scrolling through. There's not a ton of other big names. Yeah, I think that's pretty much. Ta oh, Taco Fall. We forgot yeah, about Taco Fall. Oh, yeah, yep. All Basi the centers. Yeah, all basically the, the theme big. for Cleveland this summer was get big guys. And it doesn't yep. make a ton of sense to me. I don't know how they find time for Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and Laurie Markinen. And Taco Fall. And Yeah, Taco Fall. Kevin mm -hmm. Love, if he's still on this team. Too many. Right. Right. Um, yeah, there's just a log jam there. You know, uh, I, there was some talk amongst Cavs Twitter that Laurie Markkinen could play the three. Mm. That seems like a really, really poor decision. If you ask me, like a mm. very poor decision, but Silva, what do you think about this Cleveland team, uh, moving into next season team that very clearly wants to win? Uh, I think their GM is on the hot seat as I would maybe even see he say he's got to be like odds on favorite to be first GM fired this season. Yeah. Kobe Altman. Kobe Altman. Yep. What are I your thoughts on this Cleveland team? It's strange. They're just, it's, it's a strange fit. Honestly, if you go, if you go to their default assumed default starting lineup, it's Sexton Garland, Isaac Okoro, who I actually like quite a bit. Um, and then a combination of uh, Jared Allen and the guy they just drafted. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley, yes. So that immediately gives you two non-shooters in your starting lineup, which is tough in 2021. Um, so if you do that, then you're not going to sub out Evan Mobley. So are you starting – who are you starting in addition to them to get another shooter out there? Yeah. It, it, it's probably going to involve – it's going to involve not playing Jared Allen, which you just gave him a large extension for. It's just strange. It's a strange makeup to their roster. I don't I don't really get it. Larry Markkinen maybe? Is he playing next to uh, Evan Mobley? You – I struggle to see the plan here. Me too. Like the plan is obviously to get young talent and build it up, but there's like no rhyme or reason to it. It feels like, um, which is just poor planning and, and poor management, uh, which is why I think there's a good chance Kobe Altman gets fired. Um, sorry, Taylor, did you mention the, the acquisition of Ricky Rubio? 
Oh, no, I didn't mention <laughs> that was before the draft. Yeah. So, Ricky yeah, Rubio. So, so, they also have Ricky Rubio on this team, not. which didn't is, yeah, part of that Tarian Prince trade, right? Let's see. I have to like go back a page that, to I think even that's, find it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's correct. I think it was Tarian oh, Prince right. and something else for Ricky Rubio, which that's is, odd. yeah, really strange. It's, Poor guy um, can't get to a winning team, can he? So, <laughs> where, where does. Where does he fit in in that equation, right? I guess he's the backup point guard behind Darius Garland. Yeah. And and Colin Sexton. Um, I mean, he's a good mentor, I guess, but mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. I don't really see what the Cavs are doing. And quite honestly, I, I foresee this season for them looking a lot like last season did. Uh, however, I do like Isaac Okoro as well. And I yep. think they have something that they can build on there. I agree. Honestly, like if I were them and I was a decision maker, I'd be looking at what can I get for Colin Sexton and sliding Isaac Okoro to the two. Which I kind of feel like is like what they tried to do this offseason. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. They didn't, they, none of it was what they wanted, right? Cause, yeah, because mm-hmm. I do think Isaac Okoro is real good. He's 6'5", um, 225. I mean, he is uh, basically Dort size plus an inch. I think he could. He's a really good defender. I think he'd be a Absolutely. really good player for them at the two, and then you can move off Colin Sexton and find somebody else who can play on the wing for you—a bigger wing. Um, I don't know. It's. I agree completely there. Just don't really know what their plan is. They're they're like somewhat in a weird spot between development and win now, but I think mm-hmm. that's going to come at the cost of development and win now because of yes. that decision. So you you can't have it both ways, right? Exactly. They're over under this season. 26 and a half taking the over or the under 26 oh, and a half. That is 20, 26 and a half. I, I sort of want to lean the under, but not by much. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think they're going to win less than 20 games, but I'll, I sure as hell don't think they're going to win 30 games. Yeah. So I'll take the under. The under might be right. The under, like I could see them going like 30 and 52. Yeah. I could see them going 28 and 54. Um, so maybe I will take the over just slightly. I think mm-hmm. they've got enough talent. Maybe they make an in season trade. Uh, they get off Kevin Love and get something that helps them back. Um, but yeah, I think my biggest prediction for them this year is that Kobe Altman is, is out. That would be my guess. I like that. Yeah. I think the, I think like, Reading Cavs fans, they expect the over, <laughs> right? Like they kind of yeah. expect this team to like take a leap. Like they, they think they've gone through their rebuild. I'm just not sure that rebuild has been done properly. No, nope. and it's going to be guys. interesting to see does Colin Sexton get an extension or get traded? Because if not, they go into next summer with him as a restricted free agent, basically um, just like holding the hand grenade with the the pin pulled, you know. And you yeah, have yep. to make a decision then and there, and it's it's going to be difficult. So they, they rebuilt right. similarly to how Chicago did, but they're not Chicago, so they're not going to get yes, free agents. I think that's True. I think that's that's very fair. Uh, all right, that's enough talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Quite honestly, <laughs> yep. let's move on to a team that I think is actually really interesting, and the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, <laughs> like you're right. No, you're right. There's you're some right. interesting pieces here. Detroit last in the Eastern Conference last season, twenty. And 52, um, obviously winning the NBA lottery, landing number one pick. Uh, and they 
draft Cade Cunningham, uh, but had some interesting players on the team last year uh, as well as far as guys like Jeremy Grant, who was really, really good for them. Um, Sadiq Bay was really great. Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart, um, another rookie that performed really well for them. Killian Hayes, kind of still out on him, I think. A lot of people are. We don't really know what he's going to be, and he dribbles mm-hmm. the ball a lot, and he's a good defender, but it is he going to handle the ball? Is Cade going to handle the ball? Um, Taylor, tell us what else they did over the summer. It was it was busy for them and kind of interesting. Um, starting with Kelly Olenek, he signed a multi-year contract with the Pistons. I like the fit, just not what I thought that they would do. Kind of strange. Uh, yeah, right, right. Um, Trey Lyles signed a multi-year contract with the Pistons. Uh, Saban Lee, Isaiah Livers uh, signed a multi-year contract. Um, let's see. I think that's it there. Obviously, Kate Cunningham, first overall pick in the draft. Um Let's see if they end up re-signing Rodney uh, Magruder. Corey Joseph signed a multi-year contract with the Pistons, which I kind of like. That's interesting. Um, Former Thunder, I guess not player, but uh, trainee uh, camp. (laughs) Frank Jackson signed a multi-year contract with the Pistons after I believe he was on a two-way this this past uh, season. I think that is correct. Hamidou Diallo signs a a multi-year deal. Yep. Yep. Hamidou. Um, and then this was a fairly interesting trade. Uh, Sekou Demboya, uh, Jillo Okafor, and a TPE were acquired by the Nets from the Pistons in exchange for DeAndre Jordan, uh, which and four they obviously seconds, brought right? out in four seconds. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, um, so that was kind of the big thing that they did there. There is um, since no. Since then, there hasn't been a ton, of, ton yeah. of action. There is no player on the Detroit Pistons that was not drafted by or traded for by Troy Weaver. It's a pretty quick turnaround. Yes, there's nothing left on that roster that's before the Troy Weaver era, which is really fascinating. So they have an interesting team, I feel like. Um, what are, what? Who starts? What's their starting lineup look like this next season? The backcourt's easy. It's Cade and <laughs> Cade Killian. And Killian. Yeah. And Killian. <laughs> which I like, I like the Cade idea. Of, and, yeah, Cade and Killian. I like the idea of Killian Hayes more now that maybe his usage his usage can be a bit lower. Uh, it's what I'm hoping for. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see. But who do you guys think starts at the three for them? I mean, I think three four has to be Sadiq Bay and Jeremy Grant, right? Mm-hmm. And then do you start Isaiah Stewart at the five? Do you start the Plumley at the five? I can't remember which Plumley it is that they have. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna uh, say the same thing. Yeah, the blonde one. Um, <laughs> I think it's Mason. Um, <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, considering it's Troy Weaver, probably Isaiah Stewart, just to get him the I mean, minutes. That, you know? That's a fun team. Killian, Cade, so. Grant, Bay, and Stewart. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like that's a that's a fun lineup. You and know, Bay is like good. Uh huh. I mean, they're kind of like the. There's a lot of size on that team too, as far as like big wings. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the Oklahoma City Thunder of the East. Like they're going to roll out some really fun young lineups. Um, they're purposely probably not going to win a lot of games because of that. Nope. Um, but like, yeah, they're, they're like you guys said, they have a lot of fun youth. They're going to compete in games, but probably not going to win a ton of games in a pretty talented East this season. Yeah. Um, so they kind of remind of the thunder of the East. Here's my a- question for you guys for Detroit. Does Jeremy Grant end the season in a Pistons uniform? They That's are very clearly going, going youth question. movement. I mean, I, I don't you could get a, you could get a lot for him. You That's could because he's been really good. But also, he chose to come to Detroit. He left a True. championship team in Denver 
to come to Detroit. True. He chose Troy to Weaver come to Detroit because he that. want he wanted to play for a black GM and a black coach. Yeah. Right. So uh, he wants to embrace the city of Detroit. There's a lot of cultural elements there that I think make it more difficult to trade him unless he asks for it. Yes. Than it would in a normal circumstance, right? True. Yeah, that's the caveat. If he asks for it, then I think yes, I'm with Taylor. Otherwise, he probably sticks around. A lot of teams could use that him is, though. Yeah, for sure. That could be a bad look for your franchise. That's a good point. Um, and also that Troy Weaver, uh, Jeremy Grant connection back when he was in OKC. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to wonder how much, uh, considering, like you guys said, that that Jeremy Grant chose to go to Detroit, where he obviously knew that Troy Weaver was going to be a GM. How much of that connection that they established when they were in OKC together? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's that's fascinating because then you could find yourself if you're not careful and a kind of in between position like the Cavaliers who we just talked about. And yeah. I don't think you want to be there. One team I love for Jeremy Grant, I don't think he's going to get traded. I think he he plays the entire season in Detroit. One team I love for him, though, is the Boston Celtics. Mm, I think if if you're two, three, four, basically your wings are Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Jeremy Grant, that's disgusting. I like Mm. that a lot. I've never thought about that. That is disgusting. You throw Marcus Smart and Al Horford out with those other three, I mean, you have a squad at that point. That's, That's a really fun team, I think. Also, just shout out to Jeremy Grant. I mean, you remember his first games in Oklahoma City when mm-hmm. basically just all he Bambi. could do Bambi all, out there. Yeah, all he could do was put his elbows in the rim and dunk it. Yeah, um, there was like very little skill as far as like dribbling, passing, shooting. Just his development and how much his game has changed. Like he's earned every penny he's made. He worked his ass off and really refined his game. His shot looks so much better. I'm a really big Jeremy Grant guy. I'm a really big Jeremy Grant guy. I love that guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he plays all over the floor. He played backup center for the Thunder. Yeah. You know, just, it's just wild. All right, guys, Detroit's over under one game less than the Cavaliers, 25 and a half. I I feel pretty good about going under there. I think that's fair. I think there's going to be some growing pains. I do think Cade isn't isn't the type of rookie that loses makes you lose a lot of games. I think he's way more mature. Uh, I do think there's going to be a big adjustment period. I, I just think they're young. Yeah. Very yeah. young. Taylor, you going, you going under as well? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like talking about these other Eastern conference teams getting better. Where are those losses going to come from? Yeah. If not from teams like the Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. That's where a lot of losses, like a lot of teams that are perceived to be tanking. A lot of that's just going to come like naturally. Like they're not going to have right. to, Right, like purposely play the yeah. you know. same thing with the Thunder. Right. You know? Also, yeah. the the types of players we're talking about with Detroit, the the Sadiq Bays, the Jeremy Grants, the Isaiah Stewarts, the um, Hamadou Diallo's, it just feels like they are destined to tank again, land the number two pick, and get Paulo Bencaro, who just fits that kind of massive wing slash big. That's crazy athlete. Like it just it just feels like that is set up for Detroit. I think it'd be a perfect fit. All right, guys, we got two more teams left. A team that I'm super excited to talk about because I think they're really fascinating. They're really interesting. Is the Indiana Pacers? Um, I'm really excited to talk about this team. They ended ninth in the East last season, 34 and 38. Uh, they lost their play-in game uh, in blowout fashion to the Washington Wizards. 
so they did not make the playoffs. Uh, they they did make that play-in game and lost. Taylor, tell us a little bit about what Indiana did in the offseason. So they lost, uh, let's see, Doug McDermott um, and TJ McConnell are kind of like the two names that really stick out. Um, but signing, they ended up signing uh, Torrey Craig, which was kind of interesting. I like that signing. Isaiah Jackson, TJ McConnell, uh, Dwayne Washington Jr., uh, let's see, Terry Taylor. Uh, obviously, they end up drafting uh, Chris Chris Duarte, who had a, a pretty solid showing um, in summer league and is uh, one of those rookies coming in who's expected to contribute immediately. I'm scrolling through here and trying to see anything else major. Um, oh, boy. We have this. They, they were a part of the huge Spurs, Aaron Holiday trade, right? So they end up trading Aaron, uh, basically the Russell Westbrook trade, uh, yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie trade. Um, I don't even want to try and, and <laughs> it's just like a giant a paragraph lot. here. Yeah. yeah, basically the Pacers uh, traded Aaron Holiday and the draft rights to Isaiah Todd and Cash. Um, what did they even end up getting back in that trade? I'm trying to look here. Um, oh, TJ McConnell signing a multi-year okay. contract with the Pacers. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. TJ stayed around. He's staying around. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Did they, just, did they just save money? Other than that, yes, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Nothing, I think, uh, super I think the there. biggest offseason acquisition is the new head coach, right? Oh, Carlisle. Yeah, Rick Carlisle returning yep. back to Indiana. That's a massive get for them. So for their roster for next season, um, let me run through a few big names so we can talk about them real quick. Uh, they've got Goga Batadze, Malcolm Brogdon, Torrey Craig, Chris Duarte, Isaiah Jackson, Jeremy Lamb is still on that roster. Karis LeVert, TJ McConnell, Sabonis, uh, Cassius Stanley, Miles Turner. One guy I think we forget about a lot because he didn't play last season. TJ Warren. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is... Who tweeted out that he's ready to go. Yeah. You remember, <laughs> didn't TJ Warren, wasn't his first bubble game a 50-piece? Yeah. I believe yeah, it was. Went, yeah, he yeah, went off. Yeah, he just went bonkers. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting team. One thing that sticks out to me, and I, I want your guys' opinion on this. They have Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis, and Goga Patadze. Does something give with the big men in Indiana this, this season? Oh, it has to. I hope uh, so. For example, that's a team who's been linked uh, to Ben Simmons, right? I kind of like Indiana as a sleeper Ben Simmons. Yes. I think he'd be fun. Uh, a Ben Simmons, Karis LeVert backcourt is kind of fun. Absolutely, and I think to your guys' or to your point, Jacob, um, that would have to. Why am I going blank on their point guard, Malcolm Brogdon? Brogdon. Yeah. That would be a Brogdon trade. Uh, Brogdon would be involved there. Uh, and I wonder if it could be some in. sort of three-team deal with Brogdon going to Philly, uh, Miles Turner going to a third team, yep. Philly getting something else from that third team for Miles Turner, mm-hmm. and then the Pacers run out a lineup that's like. Ben Simmons, Karis LeVert, TJ Warren, DeMontis Sabonis, and I don't know, Chris Duarte. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That's it's fun. fun. That's really fun. You know, so I, I kind of like, like them a as lot. a Ben Simmons lineup. But how do you guys feel about Indiana going? Obviously, last season was a disappointment for them. Indiana is the penultimate team of the league. That's they're the ultimate middle of the road team. Mm, yes. Try to get yep. that five, six, seven seed every year. Maybe yep. you win a 
uh, a playoff series and make it to the second round. Look, you know? we got an all-star. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think, so it's, they're, they're constantly that middle of the road team, but how do you feel about them going into next season, Silva? I think they are like a high usage shot creator away from being like Atlanta. Like if they had Trey Young on their team, they would be just as good as Atlanta. I think mm-hmm. you all, you read off all those names. And I think there were maybe two where I thought, mm, I'm not sure if he's like really going to play for their team, but everyone, everyone else you named off, uh, I, I was excited about, uh, I, I would love to split up the miles Turner and Sabonis, uh, front court. I've been wanting to, well, I've been wanting that to happen for mm-hmm. years now. But names like Karis LeVert, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Chris Duarte looked great in Summer League. Hopefully that translates. Um, TJ Warren, they have so much wing wing depth and guard depth that uh, I'm pumped. And Rick Carlisle has always been known for doing, for like maximizing the talent mm-hmm. he has on his team. So they will, I think they'll challenge for the sixth, fifth, maybe. I think they're six, seven, eight, right in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder. Can they make a make a trade? I, again, I love the Ben Simmons idea for them. Um, I think it's fascinating if they can make a swap elsewhere, uh, getting off of one of those bigs. I think if they're going to get off of one of their main bigs, it's going to be Miles Turner. They have to keep Sabonis. I think Sabonis yep. is so, so, so good. Uh, that's not to say that uh, Miles Turner is not. I think Miles Turner is like top five in de- preseason defensive player of the year odds. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. he's really Great. good. Yep. Uh, so it's going to be interesting, but, but you from outside, like that's, I, that's important. I think you have to keep Just Sabonis. Uh, the Goga Batadze thing is interesting to me. He's kind of buried yep. on that depth chart. Um, like, I wonder if he's maybe like a buy low, like thunder candidate as yeah. a team that doesn't have a center really. Mm-hmm. He's kind of interesting. You know, I, I don't know how, how I feel about Goga Batadze because I don't know much about Goga Batadze. But like, um, what is his asking price to your point? Yeah, yeah that's and a good he, point. By low he, candidate, potentially. He's foreign. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, Presti's <laughs> interested. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. I'm a little lower on the Pacers overall than you all, just again, because like, I keep thinking about these teams in the East that have improved. And that's another team that I just, I don't know how much stock I'm willing to put into a player like Harris Levert, um, TJ Warren, players who have uh, injury track records, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am a TJ little bit. TJ McConnell's been really that. good for them too. Yeah, true, true. That's a good point. And they have some him. interesting young guys like Cassius Stanley, uh, Edmund Sumner, Jakar Sampson, um, O'Shea Brissett. Every oh, time S- I see Sumner him. is out. Uh, he just had a recent injury, didn't he? Oh, he did he? He's out for the season mm. now with like a uh, wow. ACL yeah, right. or Achilles or something wild. Every I time, just, I, every time I see O'Shea Brissett's name, I think of brisket, and I get yeah, hungry. <laughs> I just, I, I think this is a team that needs to make that like times up. You need to make that move this season, or else yeah. you're stuck in NBA. I really like them as a Ben Simmons team. I really do. I do as well. there. All right, does, does Rich to, Paul uh, like I'm gonna plug it in really quick. Yeah, cool. <laughs> hey, does um, Rich Paul like them as a Ben Simmons team though? I think it fit. Well, I think it'd be good for him. That's what really matters. I think. It, I think it would be good for him. Yeah, but small so, market. We don't want to go there. Yeah. And like, that's just what so frustrates. Like, who cares? I, well, I think maybe small market, less expectations is exactly what Ben needs. Yeah, one hundred percent. one hundred percent. But to Silva's point, like, I, I don't. We'll know. see. Yeah, he wants to go to California. New element in the same yeah. age. Yep. Yep. The Indiana Pacers over under for next season is the exact same as the Chicago Bulls, 42 and a half. So mm. that begs the question. Number one, 
you guys going over or under? And number two, who ends next season with more wins, the Bulls or the Pacers? I'm it's interesting. Sense. The Bulls have a bunch of flashy big names, and they went out and they made all these splashes. The Pacers just kind of running it back with a new coach, uh, kind of that consistency. Two very different models here. Very different team-building strategies here with the same projected win total. So Silva, 42.5 for Indiana. You going over or under? And then are they going to have more wins or less wins than the Bulls? I'll go under. Um, I think they're going to be between 38 and 40, actually. Okay, and so you're I, going less win than the Bulls. I will. Yeah, I'm a bit higher on the Bulls, mainly because of shot creation. I think the okay. shot creation for the Pacers mainly comes from Sabonis working out of the, the mid-post and then Brogdon driving and kicking. Like, there's not much else there as far as uh, shot creation, so I will go. I think they're hoping Chris Duarte fixes some of that, too. Yes. Their, team, their shot creation is more theoretical than the Bulls, I, I think. With Karis LeVert is always a theoretical player. Like you think he's going to be awesome, but if if Indiana and Chicago, I think Karis LeVert's really good. By Me the too. Way. And I think Houston, the Rockets ownership and the Rockets front office are a bunch of effing idiots for choosing to take Victor Oladipo over Karis LeVert in that Harden trade. Yeah. What a stupid decision. If the Bulls and the Pacers play in a seven game series, who are you taking? I'm probably. Oh God. This is going to sound hypocritical, but I'll probably take the Rick Carlisle-led team Yeah, in the long run. I think that's fair. Taylor, you'd go an over or under at 42.5 for the Pacers? I'm going under. Under? I just... Okay. I'll be the dissenting view here. I'll go slightly over, like 43, 44 for them. Okay. Not much, but slightly. All all my over picks mean somebody in the East is going to have to, like, plummet, right? Yes. Okay, we've talked about a lot of mediocre or bad teams. So let's end the central division off on a high note. The Milwaukee Bucks. Is or, it a high note though? <laughs> or as I should say, the NBA the champion Milwaukee Bucks ended last season 46 and 26, third in the Eastern Conference. They go six games with the Phoenix Suns with Giannis dropping. He dropped a 50 piece in game six to close it out, didn't he? Uh, basically scored half of his team's points. Hit all of his free throws. Hit all of his free throws. Um, couldn't happen to a better guy. Giannis is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we got to get Silva. Um, I, I'm telling you this now so none of us forget. You got to get the sound drop of uh, We Some Dogs by P.J. Tucker. Dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the parade. Uh, just an iconic mm-hmm. moment. So the Mil- the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks, Taylor, what all did they do this summer? Um, they made a couple moves that were interesting. We'll get into, they had some significant losses. Uh, the first being, uh, like you mentioned, PJ Tucker going mm-hmm. to the Miami heat and based off an Instagram post that he made shortly after his signing, it sounds like he would have liked to stay with the defending champs, Definitely. but they couldn't get to his number. Um, again, I, I don't know the, like the background behind that from the uh, buck side. Um, our friends over at the Eurostep podcast would know that, um, but that obviously is a huge loss for them. Now, Bobby Portis, uh, somebody who was linked to other teams in free agency, he ended up coming back on a multi-year contract to the Bucks. George on Hill. On a discount. On a discount, yes. Great point. They That that was a huge win for the Bucks. George Hill, former Thunder player, um, not for very long this past season, but he ended up signing uh, back with the Bucks, which was really interesting because there apparently was key. some friction there. 
I so low that, key like that. Yeah, there was. You yeah. remember some of his quotes whenever he came to OKC? It wasn't great. Yeah, yes. or sorry, I, I, that, that's not a direct quote. Um, but yeah, no, yes. the quotes. No, were no not. but the, the quotes were not great. Yes, um, I like it though. Uh, I do too. Bring him back is a huge win to be able to overcome some of that tension. Um, Ronnie Hood, another um, underrated signing, one of those guys who I think a lot of us have been if rooting he's healthy, for. Yes, if he can be healthy uh, with the Bucks uh, and and Simi Ojale. Um, from the Boston Celtics ends up signing with the Bucks as well, which I like a lot. Now, um, a trade that they made, really the only trade that they made, was they acquired Grayson Allen for basically Sam Merrill and a couple of picks. Um, I like that a lot for them. Um, some guy that I can't pronounce because I don't even know who he is signed with the Bucks. Uh, let's see, one of the Antetokounmpo <laughs> brothers is, is came it back. Their, is it their rookie Sandro Mamuka? No, Ma- no, Ma- this Mus- is Vili. Horgios Kalatsaskis signed a multi-year contract. Nailed Boom, it. got him. Uh, no, th- okay, this this is kind of a fun one. Tremont Water uh, Waters signed a contract with the Bucks, and oh, former Thunder ten-day contract player Justin Robinson yep. signed a two-way nice. contract with the Bucks. Boom. So when um, you look at guards that <laughs> should get minutes for this team, you would think uh, did Jeff Teague resign with them? Ooh. Let's hope not. So, I was going to okay. say, I didn't see it. <laughs> Let's forget Jeff Teague. Let's look at, at guards. Rodney Hood, Drew Holiday, George Hill, a guy that I think a lot of people forgot about, Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen. Like, that's pretty solid depth. Absolutely. Those are some quality players. When you look at forwards, you've got Giannis and Thanasis. Um, you have, obviously, Chris Middleton. Um, I think I said Rodney Hood as guard, but you can also play him at the forward. True. Yeah. Um, Bobby Portis, Shimmy Ojale. And then for centers, you got Brooke Lopez. Obviously, they will play Giannis at center quite a bit. Uh, you can put Bobby Portis at center quite a bit. Like, losing P.J. Tucker was big. Yes. Yep. But this team feels like it got a little bit deeper and a little bit more ex- explosive offensively. It did get deeper. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. I love their depth. Um, the only area that I worry a little bit is point guard, right? Like they don't really have a true creator. Um, now granted you could say that that doesn't really matter because they're going to get that from other positions. Mm-hmm. I still, and look like Drew's amazing. He's going to be the, on the floor at all times. But I just, my point is you could play another true creator, um, alongside a player like Drew and, sh- and shift him over a position. So it'll be interesting to see what this team does at the deadline. Um, not that they do have some of that depth. Obviously, they don't have a ton of draft assets after the Drew Holiday trade. Uh-huh. Um, but regardless, just another solid team. Like you said, Jacob, got deeper. And um, even with that P.J. Tucker loss, I still love where they're at, especially if Giannis is able to take a, another leap or even just be at the same level that he was this past season. Definitely. Like, I see their starting lineup being something like Drew Holiday, Dante G- DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which means off your That's bench, great. you're playing George <laughs> George Hill is playing off your bench. Pat Connaughton is playing off your bench. Rodney Hood is playing off your bench. Bobby Ports is playing off your bench. And who's Grayson the, Allen? the next guy? Maybe a Grayson Allen, maybe a yeah. Shemi Ojale. Um, like that. That's a lot of names. That's a really good team. Like a yeah. really good team. I also I wonder. Would, go ahead. Yeah, I also wonder, it, it seemed like watching from afar that nerves played a part in some of the players' performances in the playoffs, especially Drew Holiday, uh-huh. and at times Chris Middleton. I do wonder if now that the playoff monkey's off their back, in a sense, 
that they kind of spread their wings next next season, next postseason. And that is what kind of like Taylor was mentioned uh, was mentioning Giannis takes a leap and maybe Drew and Chris take another a miniature leap and start being more consistent in the playoffs because that alone would be excellent, especially if they go up against a healthy Brooklyn Nets. Yes. Um, if you had to make a guess right now, where does Milwaukee make it next season in the playoffs? What is your guess? Conference they finals. Lose, they lose to Brooklyn in the conference finals, which is the, like, that's, yeah. that, I'm going that's conference most, finals as well. Yeah. That's the most unsexy pick, but like it just, it is what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Over under for the Bucks, 54 and a half. Mm, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, Me and Silva uh, have the same exact face. <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot. It, it, it's difficult <laughs> because I think they could easily get to 55. Exactly. But are they going to push themselves the year after they won the title to get there? And mm. I don't think they will. Here, okay. Here's the thing. I think like they're somebody, gonna. I think Giannis is gonna get rest. I think Drew's gonna get rest. Um, I, I, I don't think they get there. Not because they can't, but because they're going to choose to to forego maybe a seed or two to be healthy and and good to go whenever the playoffs get here. I think they do it. I'm gonna go ahead and say the over just because, okay. like, I think of teams like I, uh, we talked about this, but they have the stability, right? And I think of teams like the Brooklyn Nets, who we, I think we all expect to come out of the East. They are not going to be playing all those players at once. Um, there a lot to figure out there. It's kind of like a hodgepodge of really good players who will be great in the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be a regular season team. Miami Heat still have a lot to figure out. Sixers is a you-know-what show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, who is going to reach that in the East? Like, is it just going to be a bunch of, like, 45-win teams? I, I don't think so. I just think the, the Bucks have the most um, continue. Uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Most yeah, the most continuity. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Thank you, continuity. Uh, <laughs> that's why you brought Jacob on, to, uh, mm. to to help me with my mispronunciations. <laughs> I can't even talk. I'm sorry. I'm, tr- I'm trying to comprehend this Chief's loss. I'm I sorry. feel you. I feel you. I just lost uh, fantasy, too. So Oh, I'm sorry, Silva. Yeah. Rough my life for you guys. Very. Uh, I'm taking the over. The Cardinals are two and zero, baby. Yeah, yeah that's right. Nice. Ever since Jacob hopped on, or sorry, ever since Niffin hopped on the uh, the Kyler Murray train. Yeah, Kyler was so fun today. He's I've been on the Murray train. I yeah. miss him so much. All right, any any more Bucks thoughts, guys? I'm, I'm taking the over because I think the Heat and the Sixers are a little sussy. A little I, sussy. I like it. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, the the. What do you think? What do you think? Me. Yeah, you I'm going under. Yourself. I'm okay, going I'm under. under. Okay, I, but I agree with the maybe my hottest take of the off season is that I'm not sold to Miami. Mm-mm. Like they're going to beat the living dog shit out of people physically because that's the kind of team they have. But they Ooh, lack like shooting. Compl- yeah, yeah. They lack shooting, and I can't remember if I said this in our Slack or if I said it on the podcast. It might be a take that got lost in the. The Jacob and Taylor <laughs> God pod that is lost on the internet. We have forever. this infamous pod and just like, yeah. Yes. So I can't Ugh. remember where I've said it. So maybe this is the first time I'm saying it on the show. So Silva, I don't know if you have a hot take sound drop <laughs> queued up and ready, but. Well, hold on. Hold on. Oh, Here we go again. <laughs> I think we've already seen the peak of Tyler Hero. Oh, I love that. God, I, I think that. we saw the peak of Tyler Hero in the bubble. I think that was post uh, post uh, Green Room Lost Pod. 
it that might is, be. That which is, is good. Hot. Which is good. You're mm-hmm. you're doubling down. That's what that's what I, I think, think we have. Like, I, I'm not even it? sure our hero reaches like a Jordan Clarkson level. Ooh. <laughs> hey. Hey, We've if, already done our Miami talk. We can't continue hey, to, to drag if, Miami. If COVID-19 did not rob me of Miami. my sense of smell, I'd be smelling some fraudulence coming from that roster. <laughs> <laughs> Can you smell yet? Long-term no. COVID effects. Oh, my gosh. I, I have like 10% of my smell. I got it. I had COVID on uh, December 21st of last year. So you got see you later. Like, you got it right around the same time I did. Yeah. And like I got my – yeah, my, my, my shit is back gone. Two weeks. Can you gone. taste at least, Silva? Yeah, but uh, some things don't taste the same. Like Jersey Mike's not good anymore, which oh, is tough. Yeah, wow. it's tough. It's really tough. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine catching COVID. <laughs> Would not recommend it, folks. <laughs> you jokes. <laughs> Jokers. Yeah. Hey, I caught it. I've been taking my eye for I'm good, all right? <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, gentlemen, I think it is time for us to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thank you guys so much for joining the pod if you hopped on the live stream with us tonight i know we got a late start so thanks for tuning in anyways uh joining us on the late night pod thank you so much if you're listening to the podcast version of this on monday hey we are closing in on the nba season hope you enjoyed the central division preview make plans to join us wednesday night 9 p.m central time right back here on youtube twitter and facebook sponsored as, by brahms sponsored by brahms <laughs> i'm gonna say so give us free ice cream as we are going to do thunder players as ice cream flavors on wednesday night cannot wait it's gonna be a blast I already have some hot takes fired up loaded up in the gun ready to unload so make sure you get, grab your favorite milkshake your favorite double dip join us wednesday night for the live pod so you can react to our takes and drop your own ice cream takes in the chat we'd love to see those you guys have a great start to your week stay safe stay healthy we will see you wednesday night until then and as always thunder up